Welcome to Study in the USA, The Journey to and Beyond, a podcast that seeks to help make your dream of studying in the U.S. a reality. And now your host, Ayodi Kirkwood. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me for another exciting episode of Study in the USA, The Journey to and Beyond. I'm your host, Janine Ayoti Kirkwood. Did you know that your academic journey doesn't have to end with an associate's degree from a community college? Today's episode is part two of Community Colleges in the U.S. In last week's episode, I introduced you to community college education as one of the options available to international students. In that episode, I discussed what community colleges are, the application process, funding opportunities available, among other things. If you haven't done so already, I'd recommend listening to my previous episode about community colleges before listening to this one. In today's episode, I'll be be exploring the exciting process of transitioning from a community college to a four-year university uh, in the U.S. I will dive into the application strategies, considerations, funding options, and how to make a lasting impression on your prospective schools. So please get ready to take your academic journey to the next level, and I'll be right back. Disclaimer here. Please note that everything I cover in this podcast is based on my personal opinion, experience, and research. It is not legal advice. If you need legal advice about studying in the U.S., please reach out to a lawyer or the U.S. Embassy in your country. If you are an international student facing challenges, please reach out to the International Student Office in your school for support. Thank you. Welcome back. If you're listening to this episode, then you either have an associate's degree, are in the process of getting an associate's degree, or you have an equivalent from your home country, and you want to transfer to the US and pursue a bachelor's degree at a four-year college. That's awesome. Many universities in the US welcome international students with open arms. This is because besides the money the students bring in in form of tuition fees, International students bring unique diversity and cultural enrichment to the student body. So no matter where you end up as a transfer student in the U.S., you're going to have access to a variety of resources that are going to help you succeed academically and professionally. The first thing I'm going to discuss in this second part episode on community colleges is considerations when applying. As you prepare your application, there are a few things that you need to keep in mind. 
First of all, it's very, very important that you research the university you're applying to and make sure that it offers the desired program and make sure that it has a history of accepting transfer students and what kind of history that is. This information might sound obvious, but it's not. Nowadays, there are so many adverts that we are bombarded with from different schools from all over the world trying to bring in international students. As a prospective international student, you could be overwhelmed and you might even think that just because an ad keeps appearing over and over and over in your newsfeed, it's very easy to assume that it's recurring because it's the best school. That's not the case at all. Just because a school appears in your newsfeed 10 times a day, 20 times a day, even five times a day, doesn't mean that it's the best school, that it's the best option for you. First, what you wanna do is click on that link, go to that school's website, find out what kind of programs does it offer? And do the programs align with, with what you'd like to pursue? The other thing you wanna look into is do they have a history of accepting transfer students? And not just transfer students, but transfer international students. This is because the requirements for a student who is a US citizen or a permanent resident in the US may not be similar to the ones that are for an international student. So be very careful to research what the requirements are for you and do they have a good history of accepting transfer students before you invest time and energy into applying into that school only to find out that maybe the program wasn't the best fit or they don't have a very good history of accepting transfer students or maybe they just don't accept international students to transfer to them at all. Another thing you want to consider is the university's policy on credit transfer. Every university has its own policy on transferring credits from community colleges into their schools. Applying to a four-year university that accepts most, if not all of your credits, will ensure that your hard-earned credits count towards your bachelor's degree. What do I mean by credit? Different countries have different ways of referring to courses taken and determining how they count towards graduation or earning a degree. I will use my experience at Kenyatta University in Kenya and at Northern Illinois University as an example to try and explain the differences or similarities in the simplest way possible. During my time as an undergrad student at Kenyatta University, I was required to take at least five units per semester. Units in this case refers to actual academic courses. Since I have a bachelor's degree in education and I majored in English and literature, some of the core courses I was required to take were English 100, English 101, Literature 100, Literature 200, and so on. So each course is what is referred to as a unit. 
at Kunata University. On the other hand, as a graduate student at Northern Illinois University, I took nine credit hours per semester. The nine credit hours were actually three graduate level courses or units that were worth three hours each. So each graduate level course was worth, was worth three hours. So three times three, you get nine, so nine credit hours. So credits in this case refer to what each course is worth in hours. And the hours are calculated in that a course that meets for one hour per week is considered to be worth one credit. A course that meets two hours per week is considered to be worth two credits, while one that meets three hours per week is considered to be worth three credits, and so on. So the difference between a unit as awarded at Kenyatta University and a credit hour awarded at NIU is that a unit treats the course as a whole, while a credit breaks down the course to the number of class hours attended for each course per week. So it is very important that you understand what this means before looking to transfer because you will need this information if you're transferring from a setting, for example, in Kenya, where we don't count in credit hours, but in units. So you might need to use an agency that does the um, calculations and the translations from the Kenyan system to the US system, from units to credit hours. The good news is that if you receive your associate's degree in the US, then you probably already understand what this is and you won't have to worry about the translation because all you need to do is reach out to your community college and have them transfer your credits directly to the school. Factors you want to consider before applying to a four-year college that you'd like to transfer to are location, campus culture, demographics, and availability of resources that align with your academic and personal growth. The location matters because you need to think about would you like to be in a rural area or in a public area, in, a, in a, uh, an urban area? So rural is very relative. Your idea of rural from your home country could be very different from what it means to be rural in the US. For instance, you'll find that in some rural areas, especially in Kenya, we have public transport, no matter how remote it is. It could be on a motorcycle, on a tuk-tuk, or in a Nissan called Matatu. But you'll find that mostly in the US, very rural areas don't have well-developed public transportation. So you will have to have a car for convenience in transportation. And sometimes you find that the schools, well, most of the time the schools have school buses, but they run on very fixed schedules. So if you want flexibility in movement, then you might not want to go to a rural school where you, you might not have a car, so you'll need to rely on transportation provided by school by the school, and you'll have to adhere to their 
bus schedules. If you're the kind of person who prefers urban settings, maybe you want to be in a place so you can um, have access to more people, uh, more uh, amenities, then the urban setting could be the best option for you. And the advantage is that most urban areas in the US have very well-developed public transportation systems. So you'll be able to make do if you don't have a car. But if you're able to afford a car, then I don't think the location should matter so much if you're not concerned about transportation. Campus culture is the other thing because some schools are private schools and some might be religious schools and they might have rules about how you conduct yourself. So if you're the kind of person who probably uh, are from a different religion and maybe you don't want to go to a school that's purely Christian and very uh, tight about the Christian, um, they're into Christian ideals, then you might want to look into that. The other thing is demographics. Uh, the US is very diverse, but you'll find that some schools are in, a, in very rural areas and understandably because of how rural the area how rural the areas are, there's a chance that they might not be as diverse in terms of race. So if that's something that could be of concern to you, then you might want to go to more urban school settings than rural school settings. But if you're someone who's adventurous and you want to go to a place that is as different from your home country as possible, then you will have a fantastic experience in such a small school. Next, I'm gonna talk about the application process for transfer students. The application process for transfer students is similar to freshman applicants, but with a few additional steps. So what I mean by the same as freshman applicants, I mean freshman international applicants. Because often you'll find that the traditional student who's trying to get into a four-year college has different requirements. And as an international student, you might have additional things that you need to submit. But as an international transfer student, there's still also an extra step that you need to go because you'll need to submit your transcripts from your community college or its equivalent in your country, as well as any standardized test scores if required. Additionally, you'll likely need to write a personal statement that explains your academic journey, your goals, and the reasons for transferring from the community college to the four-year college. However, this is very important. Please know that this is not enough. That is the bare minimum and everybody's doing it. Everybody's checking every box that's been listed. These are the requirements. They go through that list, then they check, make sure they've submitted that, and then they sit back and wait. But if you want to succeed, then I recommend that you go the extra step. It's extremely important that you make a very strong impression on your prospective schools. You can do this by reaching out to the admissions offices 
and then express your interest and ask any questions you may have. And one thing I'd like to emphasize is please do not be shy about reaching out to these schools. If you're self-conscious about your accent and maybe don't feel comfortable talking on the phone, so maybe you're in the US, you did your um, associates at a community college in the US, and you still feel self-conscious because maybe you have an accent, you feel like they might not understand you if you talk on the phone, feel free to send an email. If you're still in your country, then it's more efficient and of course cheaper if you send an, e if you send an email versus keep making a call. And so choose whichever means of communication that you're most comfortable with. Most if not all schools are really good at responding to these kinds of requests because they have employees who are dedicated to student recruitment and responding to any question. So don't think that you're bothering them. Don't think that oh, nobody's going to open that email. Trust me, they open every email that's from a prospective student and they go out of their way to try and respond as much as possible because their goal is to have you join their school if you qualify. They're always very happy to answer any questions. And also, this will help you build a rapport with the admissions counselors because if you're, if you're able to talk to them, then they're able to connect with you. If your name is Jane or Joe, they're able to knock at this Joe, this is what he wants. And they will understand your unique situation and advocate for your admission. So it will no longer be this Joe who is part of thousands of applicants that were just submitted, applications that were submitted through the application portal. But this is Joe who went the extra mile and reached out to Jane and they were communicating back and forth and Joe was trying to get as much information about the school, about the requirements. So that helps Jane go out of her way to try and support you. Also, if you can, attend transfer student orientation, orientations if offered and if possible, arrange a campus visit. I know this might not be possible if you're an international student or if let's say you are in let's in Maine and you're trying to apply to a school in Oregon, it might not be possible for you to fly from the East Coast to the West Coast just to go and pay a visit to the campus if you can't afford it. The good news is that because of since COVID, many schools have made it possible to attend online orientation. And you can even take virtual tours of campuses. So please take advantage of that. Do everything you can to make sure that you know as much as possible about a school before applying into it. And if you already apply into it, before actually showing up. That will help you best prepare for what to expect when you get there. Finally, I'm going to talk about financing your transition from a community college to a four-year university. Funds are very, very important. Just like I discussed in the first part of community colleges, you have to have proof of funding, especially if you're going to be moving from your home country 
to the US before you can receive a student visa. So you have to prove that you can fund your education before you're approved for a student visa. And this could be in form of scholarships, grants, or even personal funds. So there are ways in which you could find funding for this when you transfer. Websites like fastweb.com and scholarship.com can help you search for scholarships that fit your profile. To increase your chance of admission and getting financing as a transfer international student, I strongly recommend that you apply to at least three different schools. This is because the more you apply, the higher your chances of getting an admission. And the more schools you apply into, the higher the chances of getting an admission into more than one school that, that's offering different kinds of funding. And so if let's say you apply to five schools, then you get admitted into three out of five and the three of them offer you funding, then you could look at which one has the best funding opportunity. Then you could go for that option. So applying to several schools and also applying to different financing op opportunities increases your chances of getting an admission and also getting funding for your education. That's it for today's episode on study in the USA, the journey to and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast for more valuable insights and tips on pursuing higher education in the United States. Special thanks to John Kakud for the outro and 100 miles music. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Pocket Casts, Radio Public and Stitcher. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for joining IoT Today. Until next time, reach for the stars and inspire others to do the same.